You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delosori. Same corner, same time. Another day closer to fall football, man. You know? How y'all feel? Yeah. Good? No, I mean, Silk, so before we before we get too started, was your birthday weekend? Um, big Sean Kemp year vibes. Yeah. Um, well, Brandon Siler vibes. Oh, I like that one. I didn't think about Brandon Siler. I like that one, Dan. I mean. Brandon Siler, I had also Mike Allstart. Mm. That's a solid one. You know, uh, that's how you bring in the, your 40, just, just running over, trucking over things, man. Uh, been, a, been a relaxed weekend, just chilled. Uh, spent a lot of time with family, just eating, relaxing, a whole lot of ocean, a mm. whole lot of, uh, you know, just chilled, man. A lot of meditation and, and quaint. I've just been ripping and running for like the last two years. So I just needed three days of just sitting my ass still, and that's what I got. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? Because you're 40. You needed a nap. No, 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 no. It ain't the time to nap. It's far, in the words of Drake, it's far from the time to, 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 to rest now. It's far from the time like to rest that. now. I just need a quick little break. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? End of the summer? Winding down? Yeah. Or end, end, of the, of the end of the off season? I'm not going to say yeah. summer. Summer goes about October around here. The, these are the the hardest months for us from the content perspective, but we, I mean, we came through, right? I mean, we had Golden and Strickland, we had a whole Jeremy Foley, whole host of people, but we're getting to that point uh, where I no longer have to do pool parties to keep myself entertained. Uh, it doesn't mean they're going to stop. Football on the horizon, it just means that there's other priorities, right? So we got to find the elite vibes, right? Uh, right. But I got a I got a big couple months ahead, so just kind of relaxing. Had a big nice uh, nice little weekend here. Had some people over on Saturday, uh, but other than that, yesterday just spent uh, hanging out, vibing, and I'll tell you guys a little bit more about what I did yesterday. Our the listeners, you guys already know, uh, but spent a lot of time yesterday doing some stuff with Stadium Miguel, so we're excited to announce that. After Nick, you tell us how your weekend was. Easy weekend. Uh, spent the week traveling uh, out in Atlanta. Uh, Corey Bender was off. We're all taking our uh, nice. taking some vacation time uh, before the season kicks off. So Zach's out of pocket this week. He and the family are uh, enjoying the beach. Uh, and then I'm the last one. I'll, I'll be on vacation next week. Uh, not missing Stadium and Gale. I'll be up in the mountains in North Carolina near Boone. Uh, mm. But You'll you'll see me. I'll be big cabin vibes next Monday. Big cabin. You can cash vibes. in some PTO, man. If you need to, bro. I don't want to, you know. I want no, to think we're in the sweatshop around here. Good. We'll, we'll be good. I got a microphone and everything, man. You just oh, have to submit up? your request, HR Nick. <laughs> was, HR's uh... already mad at me. I was last in. <laughs> I was last in today. HR's already. That's not right. Happy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you how how was Atlanta, but I'm pretty sure we'll get into that talk. Yeah, well, why don't we just get into the show, boys? Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, but before we do that, let's give a shout-out to our friend Alan Horn. As always, the title sponsor of Stadium and Gale. Visit alanhorneinsurance.com, 706-692-2888. Again, Alan is a State Farm agent in Jasper, Georgia. So if you live in Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, or Alabama, and you're looking for auto, home, renter's life, 
business insurance or retirement planning, give him a call 706-692-2888 or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Nick, you had the pleasure of going up to SEC Media Day, so definitely want to talk a little bit about that. But before we do that, want to give uh, everybody just an announcement. We completely updated our store, uh, completely new designs, all new apparel. Uh, we decided that we were going to drop it today. Um, we were still finalizing a couple more things, but visit stadiumandgale.com slash shop. Big Whole drip. new rebrand uh, for guys, for girls, for kids, uh, for all uh, all walks of life, all different types of, of designs, whether they be Florida and Gainesville uh, or whether they be Stadium and Gale themselves. Um, we had some great work done. Uh, we got other people to sign off on it. So it's not just the three of us. Uh, we probably got 10, 12 people's opinion on this and, uh, everything looks elite and everything really just overall steps up the stadium and Gale image. You trying to say they shouldn't trust our uh, fashion sense? No, I'm just saying, you know, sometimes girls are like, Hey, like, what would you go? You know, what kind of effort you put into it? Or did you think about the comfort colors? Did you think about the crop right. top? Thought about Damn it all. Wanted a crop top. We got a crop top. Yeah. Next next pool party you see Dan at crop topping it up. That's right. Maybe you want a frat tank. Maybe you want a a, a pocket tee. Uh, maybe you want something for your kids. A pocket Reach crop out. top is crazy. Boom. A pocket crop top. Ah! I can I can see <laughs> that's crazy. That. Um, but it, but if there's something that you see on there and you're like, hey, do you have this in a kid's size or in a different style? Let us know. We will absolutely work with you and get it on as many different styles as you want. But without putting 200 different items up on the website for you. Um, so again, stadiumandgale.com slash shop. Beautiful vibe. Shout out to to Tim, uh, who really helped us out uh, in designing a lot of these. And then shout out to Phil Cruzan, who also helped us in designing these. So again, stadiumandgale.com slash shop. All right, Nick. Go, go, go and support us, man. We want to see y'all at the same court at the same time this fall wearing Stadium and Gale. You know what I'm saying? Like, let everybody know the biggest podcast. Buy that drip. So when we run into y'all at the tailgates this fall, we know what it is, man. We appreciate the support. So I might even sign it for you. I can see something. Man, I mean, if somebody if somebody want my autograph, bro, I'm willing to sign it, man. <laughs> I, I, I will. I, I want. Uh, it's not even the money. It's just you know the bra, the, the branding. So I yep. want you know this podcast to be the biggest podcast in the world. So buy our drip, support us for everybody else to know what it is and what to listen, what to listen to. Yeah, yeah, no, we we put a lot of thought, a lot of. Um, opinion and, and really we really put our brains together a lot of different perspectives on on things that you would wear out things that are not tacky things that really fit into what everybody's wearing both in college and in the real world now uh it's right. it's brand specific for Gainesville it's brand specific for uh for Stadium and Gale itself but overall just a lot of really good clean items on there uh try to make the prices as affordable uh, as we possibly can to make sure that you guys have great quality stuff and not just the cheapest stuff that's out there as well so Again, stadiumandgale.com slash shop. You will see us continue to promote that all week. But again, last time, stadiumandgale.com slash shop. Nick, you were up in Atlanta at SEC Media Days. Mm -hmm. Billy Napier spoke to the crowd. Uh, Anthony Richardson, Ventrell Miller, and Richard Garage were also in attendance. Uh, give us your perspective on how you thought everything went and, and kind of what you came away with. Yeah, it, um, I, I think I said this, and I, I don't know if some people took it the wrong way, but I think you weren't going to know, you weren't going to learn a lot about Florida's team at SC Media Days. I don't know that, you know, Billy Napier is going to tell you 
uh, who, what the starting running back rotation is going to be, how the ball, you know, how the, how the balls are going to be handed, you know, uh, what, what that timeshare is going to be or, or who the starting safeties are going to be. Um, I, I think you're not going to get a lot of headlines from Billy Napier in any press conference setting. I mean, Lane Kiffin shows up on Monday and calls NIL uh, legalized cheating. Um, I think Billy Napier is just up there and in, in public, he's going to hit singles. He's going to slap the ball the other way. You take big swings, try to hit home runs, you strike out. Uh, and he's not going to do that. So uh, I think in terms of handling his first media day, he was fine. There's no controversy. There's nothing out there. Um, said he's looking forward to going to Jacksonville to, to be a part of that game. Um, happy to be in, a part of the SEC. And then the other guys, I think Anthony Richardson was the one, obviously with some stuff going on in the offseason. Um, the speeding ticket he was going to get asked about. He was going to get asked about changing his marketing plan from AR-15. Um, and, and I think as the quarterback, you are the face of the franchise as much as the head coach. Um, so I, was, I had a question. How would he handle that? How would he represent himself, the University of Florida, Billy Napier, his family, all of that? And I think uh, Anthony Richardson was brilliant, um, you know, for the four hours that he was grilled. Um, really cool to see him and Tim Tebow interact. I can't imagine what that means to a kid who grew up in Florida to interact, or a kid that grew up in Gainesville specifically, to interact right. with the – possibly the best college quarterback ever, the best quarterback at the University of Florida, and, and this guy's just, like, chopping it up with you. Also probably one of the reasons he's wearing 15. Well, there there might have been some other reasons, some marketing reasons, but those have been announced. No, I, don't think it was just, I don't think it was just that because the 15 don't hit. If it, the tradition of it don't hit, man. Yeah. I think uh, anybody wearing 15 going forward is going to be a lot because of uh, Tim mm -hmm. Tebow. It's just not sure. a, a cute, cute quarterback number at all. Um, what do you think like, about the Luchez, drip? Go ahead. Luchez remember remember when Luchez Purifoy got it? And I was just like, oh, man, that's weird. Because he was the first one to get 15 after. And and Florida doesn't retire numbers. They retired Steve Spurrier's. And then when he came back in the 90s, unretired his jersey. And that was the only jersey that was retired. He was like, we're not going to do this. No one player or one mm -hmm. number is bigger than the program. If you're going to retire jerseys, though – you're never seeing 11 again. You're probably never seeing 22 again. You're never seeing 15. Um, I mean, you, tend to, you probably couldn't see one again either. There's so many of them, right? Yeah, you'd, have, you'd, have have, you'd have to keep one. I mean, yes. Yeah. You, yeah. Jack Youngblood's numbers probably retired. I mean, you start thinking of the greats, right? I mean, you're, you're starting to dwindle numbers down, but you have. Well, I like, the way Michigan, walk I like the way Michigan does this. Like Michigan has their historic numbers. Mm -hmm. And they don't retire them, but they like, I think there's either a patch or a stitch in the Jersey of the legendary players that have worn that number. So anytime you put your Jersey on, you're reminded of, Hey, uh, Charles Woodson wore this Jersey. Yeah. You bench rider. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, rank, rank, rank their, uh, the drip okay. of, of, of all three guys that went to um, um, media day, which was, uh, see how much of a Anthony Richardson. Richard Garage and Ventura Millie. I'm pulling up the picture now. I, I, I'm trying to figure out how much of a hater I want to be. I'm, yeah, I'm going to put – I'll be honest with you. Can, can, I, ahead, can I put a, the hot take out there? I think that Anthony Richardson – You're the soup um, guy, man. His, his cut was the best. The fit was the best. The mm. pattern itself, in my opinion, was, was number three. Well, yeah, the, pattern, uh, pattern, the pattern was a little wild for me. Interesting you say that because that was a uh, – 
Amazon.com purchase. That's what uh, you said. So, and it so looked, you said, so you said, I found it on Amazon. Like, it was a hundred dollars. But didn't they have like men's warehouse coming a few yeah. months ago? Like this isn't something that we could have anticipated. Yeah, I don't think he looked bad. I just no, no, no. He didn't look bad at all. In fact, his suit cut for him worked the best. Yeah, just I mean, it was actually. Up. I didn't like the pattern. Only, um, I'm going to go with Richard Garage at three. Sorry, big dog. Uh, Anthony at two. The pants, the pants with the white uh, drivers. That mm-hmm. did it for me uh, with Ventrell. I did joke with him. Dark. Did joke with him that they were a little tight. Uh, Bridges was tight, um, but mm-hmm. I think Bridges if, if we tight. had if we had to call Hong Kong Andy, he'd approve Ventrell's yeah. and not the other two. <laughs> Hong Kong Andy, yeah, 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 yeah. Did you see Pat Narduzzi? Um, his like picture yeah. went around a couple a uh, couple days ago. He had his signature stitched into his shirt cuff. Big fan, like that, like that. Just yeah, a little bit of extra. Stitch, so like the the cuff is sticking out of the jacket. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Signature is stitched onto it. Yeah, wow, love that's that's, that's, that's clean. I like that. You gotta add the finer details to your drip, man. Mm-hmm. Doing it halfway, especially when you're a million, man. How you have to drip and be rich? <laughs> I, I watched Dan Mullen for three years and pleated khakis. So ah, I see, I see, I see. Happen. I mean, McElwain too. <laughs> That, that was just yeah, I mean, probably must champ too. I don't know if we. I don't know no, who champ, the champ was. All right. Champ was, was all right. Yeah. Champ was all right. All right. Billy Napier's definitely got the drip down. He's he's our best dressed coach. All right, back to uh, football, maybe ever. Movie, I don't know. Maybe. We turned into TMZ real quick. And <laughs> um, Nick, who talk to us about SEC Media Day Beyond? I, I mean, I know you mentioned a few things. Lane Kiffin, yeah. Lane Kiffin said, I saw that uh, Mike Leach only had a seven-word uh, introductory statement. Love, love yeah. Leach. Um, big fan of him. Uh, but uh, what else did you take away, or anything that was noteworthy? Um, uh, I mean, Kirby is he's been campaigning hard to get Florida Georgia out of Jacksonville. Um, wild. It, it, the, the argument makes sense to me. Um, I don't know why you can't change it. So the Florida and Georgia have agreed not to host recruits uh, every year, even though it's a neutral site game, a team is home. Um, mm-hmm. Texas and Oklahoma can host recruits at the Red River Showdown, Red River Rivalry, whatever it's called. Um, they can host recruits, whoever the home team is. I think Florida and Georgia should be able to. That, that's a really cool experience. Um, Kirby Smart made the argument, uh, I want to be able to host recruits at our biggest game. Our biggest game every year is that Florida game. Why can't we have it at home? I get that. Uh, that makes sense. I don't get Kirby Smart, who pulled in like three straight consecutive top mm-hmm. recruiting classes, uh, whining about recruiting. Like that's just a weird thing to whine about. You're, you don't need any help that's recruiting. What, you're doing, that's what you're the doing fine. Do, man. That's what you're the doing elite do. I get it. The elite are always looking for that edge. I get it. I that. mean, at that um, game, it's his biggest rivalry, bro. So I understand yeah. what he's saying from that standpoint. Either they change the rule or they let them go to uh, – they do Athens, Athens and UF. But from a recruiting standpoint, that big game, you're selling that big game already to recruits. Like, you can yep. come here and play one yeah, of the biggest Yeah, but doesn't it go the opposite way, too? Like, isn't that your biggest rival now getting an additional opportunity every other year to host recruits? Right? Like Sure. Sure, yeah. but you want yeah. those two. The thing about it is, and, Bama, and you're going to outrun other, them anyway, in your mind. If, but but you look at the other rivalries; they can use their big rival games to recruit at, like mm-hmm. that atmosphere. Um, Bama's going to use that for Iron Bowl. Like mm-hmm. you got to use your rivalry games for recruiting. So they either change the uh, that rule, or I'm with Kirby, man. Like you just can't. Is that an that NCAA? That's not an NCAA rule, right? That's an SEC rule. 
Um, I, I need to go back. I looked it up last last week. I looked at the last Wednesday when I was there. I looked yeah. it up. Um, and I can't remember right because now. I, because I old. thought I saw something going around. And pardon me, I'm not you know prepared for this take, but I, I thought that I saw that the NCAA does allow it. Um, and that's how Texas and Oklahoma get around the rule. I'm not sure if it's like an SEC rule or if it's like an unwritten rule of like, hey, we just don't do that. I would like, and I get a lot of pushback from this. I'm wearing my Jacksonville Suns hat today, uh, so sorry, uh, sorry, you know, Duval. Um, I would like to see, per, selfishly, I would like to see a game in Athens. And people are always like, "Oh, we'll go on your bye week." Well, Florida and Georgia have the same bye week mm-hmm. every year. It's before they play each other. Um, I think it'd be really cool to see a. If you want to do it four, split it four ways, then do Gainesville, Athens, Jacksonville, Atlanta. Because uh, Georgia fans will say it's not a neutral site. Jacksonville is Gator Country. Um, Jacksonville is you know an hour and a half away. It's a seven hour bus ride for us. So do, split it every four years, and then that way, if you're there for four years, you get a game in the Mercedes Superdome mm-hmm. uh, or the Mercedes whatever they call it is in Atlanta where the Falcons mm-hmm. play. You get a game at home. You get a game in Jacksonville, and you get a game in Athens. If you stay for four years, you're going to experience four really cool places to play. I like that, that idea, but it seems like I, a lot of logistics. I like it. Listen, the, it the, the, city of Jacksonville, yeah. the city of Jacksonville cut $2 million worth of checks last year to get those two teams in Jacksonville. This year it's 2.2 or 1.1, 1.15, I think, to each you think team. that's entire and tourism then, and, then, budget? and then the year after, uh, each team is getting one and a quarter million dollars to play in Jacksonville. So uh, I think there's a financial benefit for right. the presidents and the athletic directors to continue playing that game in Jacksonville. And obviously you think, uh, the you, think that's the re- you think that's the reason though? I mean, listen, I mean, once well, I mean, what's one money point, starts happening, what's $1.25 million to UF in the grand scheme of things. Uh, that's one, that's a million dollars. You won't get if you're playing in Athens. They, they well, could get it. They could find yeah, money. I mean, but they're also it. now going to get money every other year. I mean, I don't know like how I, much money UF clears every year, but I assure you that that the money Every other year, probably more than makes up for yeah any substantial I mean, debt, especially with a new TV deal coming. Yeah. If, if you I, open that when game, when the TV up. deal hits, it, when the TV deal hits, we're playing with monopoly money, and, and you're the banker. Like the money doesn't money doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, once the ESPN deal kicks in. Yeah, I think once you open that game up for like even the idea you were saying, like Florida Georgia game, we're open to like different cities, Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe home in a way type stuff, bro. The money. TV money, whatever money is gonna gonna flood in. Um, yep. I don't think that'll be an issue. Um, but I do like I'm with Kirby. That game got to be used for recruiting, um, not for these yeah. kids and pay their own dime. That atmosphere, the tailgates at that game is is unlike any other game we play. You know what I'm saying? Like this is to be real. If you haven't been to the Florida Georgia tailgate, yeah. you're cheating yourself in life. It Different. um it's been in Jacksonville every year since 1933, except for I believe 94 and 95 when they were doing renovations to the then Altel Stadium, um, and Florida hung half a hundred between the hedges. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Might do it again this year. Well, not this year because we won't be in between the hedges. But anyway, um, yeah. Nick, one, I want to talk a little bit about another rival that that Florida plays every year, LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was speaking the other day, and they're talking about changes in uh, the schedule uh, as Texas and Oklahoma get added in. Uh, They mentioned that LSU might become a a permanent rival uh, with Texas and Mississippi State uh, with Texas A&M, so kind of the the four-group pod there. Um, 
or pardon me. Yeah. Yeah. With Texas and uh, Mississippi state there. Um, any thoughts or have you heard any more on, on what the future of that might look like? No, um, I think you are going to get um, a, a, an extra, you're going to get a ninth SEC game. Um, it, it's, it's wild when they were in Destin that they came out with, and they said, we looked at dozens and dozens, maybe a hundred models of what the schedule could be. And then they came up with like an eight game schedule with like uh, divi- no divisions, mm-hmm. um, but you'd only have one permanent rival. And then I'm looking, I'm like, okay, well, who's telling Tennessee, hey, you're not playing Alabama anymore. Right. You know, the, the third Saturday in October. Yo, how, uh, both, how excited both fan Tennessee, bases man. Would, Tennessee fans would riot, would, would riot. And listen, the college football is cyclical. Nick Saban, they might figure out how to like clone him and make him a computer, and then they'll have a computer Nick Saban coaching. But like at some point, he's going to retire. College football is cyclical. Alabama's not going to be the best team in the country for the next 80 years. Like at some point, it's going to change. Tennessee will start beating Alabama again, like they did in the 90s when Alabama was on mm-hmm. um, on probation. Um, Tennessee, that, that's history. That's pageantry. That's college football. They Tennessee fans, even though they haven't beaten Alabama uh, since somebody who's getting, you know, their learner's permit this year, someone who's getting their learner's permit and will be driving a car. If they're a Tennessee fan, they've never seen their team beat Alabama, mm-hmm. and they still want that game. They haven't seen much from Tennessee. <laughs> that's well, they just had some uh, nose of allegations over the weekend. You saw those. I did. Um, We're gonna talk a little bit about those. Um, so. That's not going to happen. So they're going to end up going to a a nine game schedule. You'll get two permanent opponents and, and then start rotating. Um, so for me, I think that for Florida would be uh, Georgia, Tennessee. Um, but you're not going to have a traditional East and West. You're going to have a 16 team conference, uh, two traditional opponents, and then you you play the rest of your schedule. So you think Georgia and Tennessee are Florida's? I think that would be Florida's. Um, if you look mm-hmm. at it. If you, if you look at Florida, I mean, they don't – what what two games, if I took them off Florida's schedule every year, would you be most angry about? Uh, mm-hmm. You're not going to be angry about, like, not playing Vanderbilt uh, every year or, uh, or even Kentucky. I'd be pretty upset if we didn't play Vanderbilt No, you're just, you're just trying to collect Ws. I'm talking That's about – Well, right now I'm trying to talk about what I can get. Rooftop <laughs> too, man. I heard the rooftop vibes. All right. Yeah, I'm trying to get to Nashville every other year for a game too, you know? This year. This yeah. November. You got to. It's mandatory. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm contractually obligated. I will be there. I'll yeah, be me there too. too. Yeah. 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 Hey, it, hanging out. That sounds like Increases. we just got logistics figured out. Boom. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's it. The streets are obligating me to be there, man. So I got to pull up, bro. Rooftop vibes. Vandy, I'm chilling. Let's my boy, see. Uh, my boy Luke Combs lives there. Maybe we'll run into him, Silk. Maybe so. I got a buddy of mine who's, uh, who's good friends with him. So shout out to Ben Wells. What else um, did we learn from uh, Atlanta? What uh, well, the vibe? Did you check out all the interviews, Dan? I, I checked out a few. Um, it doesn't seem like there's a lot. I do want to go over the uh, SEC, um, you know, rankings, you know, prospective mm-hmm. media rankings, uh, who made first team, second team, all in uh, third team, all SEC. Uh, but uh, any other thoughts, uh, Silk, that, that you had? Um, it seemed like there wasn't a lot of uh, controversy. Uh, certainly no Jimbo Fisher and – uh, Nick Saban controversy that, that came up. So um, I don't think that there was there too much. I don't think much came out of anything. What about you guys? Um, just like a few things the guys were saying. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Richardson spoke about the offense being explosive. Um, spoke on Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver that came in, what he mm-hmm. brought to the table and their chemistry. 
Um, I, I liked all that. Uh, Ventra Miller, uh, just poised every time he, every, every interview that I saw from him was on point. Uh, just another reminder how much we're going to appreciate his le- leadership and how much we missed last year, man, having him For back sure. in the fold. Um, and he's came a long way. People forgot that he got into like shenanigans when he first got here. Mm-hmm. You know, he just yeah, no. Work work his way to people forgot about it. So um, I'm excited to see Ventrell. Uh, Richard Garage is a big, big kid, quiet, didn't say a whole lot, man. But I like the presence and the leadership of all three guys that were, that were represented. Dope. Yeah, no, I thought the uh, the Richard Garage um, question that he asked Anthony Richardson was funny when they were just talking about who's the best dress, but shows obviously good chemistry and they were just looking like they were having some fun out there um, as well. <clears throat> I did see that Ventral Miller was named to the uh, Butt Kiss Award uh, list for the third time in a row, a watch list, so congratulations uh, to him. Uh, but Nick, you and your peers – uh, ranked the following uh, expected result in the SEC. I, this is, I don't know that I want to be lumped in like that. Oh, yeah, that you're about to get lumped mine. in. I, I have a serious not question. Mine. For I you. even published. I even published mine. Well, this is what your peers um, chose: Georgia with 172 first place votes, Kentucky number two with four first place votes, Tennessee number three with one first place vote, number four Florida with zero first place votes. South Carolina fifth with three first place votes. I'd like to meet those people. Number six, Missouri with zero first place votes. And then Vanderbilt with one first place vote comes in seven. Yeah. Um, talking to people um, throughout the week, I, I think I tweeted. So I knew it was coming out at 11 o'clock on Friday. And I tweeted like, like at 10. I'm like, after talking to people who were voting, I think Florida's going to come in fourth. Like I knew Florida wouldn't finish second, um, right? Which is where I have them, um, but I, I I don't get it. I, so I was trying to explain to another writer who's new. I was like, "Well, Tennessee does this every year. They play Florida early and they lose. They play Alabama in October and they lose. They play the meet the tough part of their schedule early on, and and, and then they play Kentucky late. They play Vanderbilt late. They've got a, a cupcake game late." Um, they play Missouri late and, and they reel off four or five wins at the end of the year. And then this Tennessee hype train starts mm-hmm. every off season without fail. Tennessee goes That's like four and one over the last five or four and two, five and one. And then we get this Tennessee hype train and then they start the season like one and four. Uh, mm-hmm. and then they, you know, rinse repeat. So I get the Tennessee hype. Um, Hendon hookers, a, a really good quarterback. Um, even in uh, some losses last year looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the devil works hard. Chris Jenner works hard. I got to meet Will Levis's PR team. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think he's a fine quarterback, but we're talking like people are talking about him being the second best quarterback in the conference, about him being a first round pick. Like, I, I don't get I it. Like I don't it. see it. I, I don't like get it. it. I don't, I don't see it. Um, but that, that's where, that's what I was hearing in Atlanta. And that's why I thought, oh, I'm my, my pick of Florida finishing second is not going to be the majority. Right. Um, and, 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 and I think Alabama and Georgia are head and shoulders above the other, the, the rest of the teams um, in their no. divisions. Um, and, I, and I don't see any other matchup in Atlanta that first weekend of December other than those two. But the way the, yeah. the rest of the way like, the, the East shook out to me was wild. Yeah. It seems like collision course. Uh, I like I like the the non hype of Florida right now. I don't I don't mm-hmm. care about like these writers and their opinions of it. Uh, tradition that showed us our first year coach always gets a boost, man. Um, 
they, they're never hype. Oh, this going to be a big year. And we always get a boost and, and get a little bit surprised about guys we thought weren't that good. And their last image of Florida is uh, a Dan Mullen quit team. Um, mm-hmm. Hand down the scratch that lost to UCF. Um, a lot of people think we don't really have any talent at wide receiver. It's just Anthony Richardson and in, 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 in the backup dancers. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna shock some people, man. Uh, I don't I'm not mad at all. I like the will the will levy hype. You know, I like all of that. I think Anthony Richardson is is one of the top players in the country. That's my opinion of mm-hmm. how I view his skill set and what he can be. So uh, if he's getting you know, a little underrated in the SEC, bro. I just like that from our perspective, man. Let's just chill and come out. You know, it's time to pull that AR out. We'll pull it out. And and I've been getting, like, pushback. Um, I, I understand, like, so, like, Billy Billy brought it up in our, uh, like, local media session before he went on stage. Um, he's like, he's only thrown or completed 33 passes. He's only played 220-something mm-hmm. snaps. So, like, I get that people don't know. But, like, when I say, oh, I think Anthony Richardson is – a dark horse Heisman, or I think Anthony Richardson, I put him as the number two quarterback um, on my all SEC ballot behind. And I'm not going to put him. I think he is better um, than Bryce young. I think like physically, I think he can be a better quarterback, but I mean, one is the reigning Heisman champion and the other has mm-hmm. completed 33 passes. So a lot of that, of what we're talking about, Anthony Richardson and people that are in Gainesville is just, we're talking about potential and we think mm-hmm. he can be that. We think he is that guy. He is him. Um, but he's gonna have to show it. So that's what I'm telling people. I'm like, hey, if he, if he if he plays the way that we think here in Gainesville that he is capable of, that he's physically capable of, then and comes back to college next year, you'll be talking about right. him as like the Heisman favorite if he comes back to college next year. Yeah, no, and I think that we obviously you know follow him a lot closer than other folks. I mean, I think if you look at last season, you know, he had some great physical you know, some great games, right? I mean, you look at the USF game, a couple long passes, a couple long runs, uh, really looked physical. I mean, the game that, you know, you probably, you know, had a good game against LSU coming back and, and almost securing the victory there uh, looked sharp there. And then you also have the Georgia game, right? So I still think that there's a lot of question marks about, you know, who Anthony Richardson is to the national media. But I think if you follow him and I think if you understand who he is as a player and in the injuries that he was battling through last year, that, you know, he's a guy that in my opinion is probably a, a more capable uh, number two or number three than, than either a well Levis or, you know, I think Hendon Hooker is fine. Uh, but I think when you you look at the, the totality of the season ahead, I think that uh, Anthony Richardson is going to probably, f- you know, finish higher than both of those guys uh, on um, those. All I, do like, lists. I do like Chris, Chris Sorley's in the comment. I do like his taste. And we played Tennessee at Tennessee this year. And that's why the experts are picking him. Um, and he's right too, as well. I def, uh, just be, us being healthy is everything this season. That's at every position. Uh, we got some guys that running back in some other spots where we can mm-hmm. uh, afford some injuries, but overall health is, is just been our thing the last few years because we haven't been recruiting the best. So uh, keeping everybody healthy, hopefully that off-season condition, you know what I'm saying, is on point, and mm-hmm. everybody you know stays fresh and healthy, make it through the season. But if we're healthy, man, I like us. Um, but I do like that. that I, like, I, I respect – Tennessee's offense. When we beat them last year, I said, like, I like what they're doing mm-hmm. out there in Tennessee. I could see, you know what I'm saying, them being a, you know what I'm saying, a force to be reckoned with as far as, like, executing X and O wise. Mm-hmm. They've had recruiters in the past with Pruitt and those guys, but getting somebody in that, that's an actual play caller, that's that's a little different in Tennessee. So, I do like what they're moving at um, with hype at the helm. 
Absolutely. Uh, and if you look on the uh, the west side, uh, Alabama uh, first with 177 first place votes. Texas A&M second with three. Arkansas third with one. Then Ole Miss, LSU, Mississippi State, and Auburn. Uh, and then I believe out of 177 ballots cast or somewhere around there, 180. One maybe, I guess. Uh, Alabama finishes uh, first uh, in winning the SEC championship in 158 of those ballots. Are you guys surprised that Alabama took it with such uh, zeal going No, in? No, Nick about to beat the shit out of everybody, man. No. He's, 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 yeah, I'm telling you, man. I listened, I listened to Nick Saban um, at the podium, and I was like, oh, no. Like, he's walking, with, he's walking with that – Arrogance, that confidence of like we are going to absolutely embarrass some teams this fall. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like he is, he's not even putting like the pedal to the metal, foot down on the gas pedal. Like it's duct taped. There is no break. I, I think Alabama is going to be scary this year. He, he's talking about we have the two best players coming back on either side of the ball. We have all these players returning, and I'm just like, oh, Alabama's. Like they're gonna they're gonna hurt some people's. Feelings. I mean, if it wasn't for two wide receiver injuries, they would have won last year. And, yeah. and, and this team they got coming out this year, I think he's been talking crazy and greasy all summer because he got something <laughs> greasy all summer. Like Utah State, greasy. Utah State not gonna be not gonna be great. Uh, you know that September third. Like I think Alabama's got six months of aggression, um, ready to go. Like Texas, oh, people are talking sure. about how great Texas is doing in recruiting. Like they have to see Alabama. Week two. Everybody had fun this summer talking all this recruiting, but then the game's got to get played, man. Nick been, Nick been snapping at everybody, and, and people think their recruiting's down a little bit, but um, these games about to get crazy. Um, no, I'm not shocked at all, Dan, that, that Nick Saban mm. is getting that. I think nationally he may get the same type of energy. Yep. Yep. So we'll see uh, Gators, uh, first team, all SEC uh, transfer Osiris Torrance on the offensive line makes the first team. And that's the only first team all SEC uh, player that the Gators have. Uh, the other possibilities, I guess, uh, maybe a, a Gervon Dexter, uh, but probably Florida did not have, obviously, uh, really any other guys that you thought might make the list. Did you guys think? Um, I thought Anthony Richardson should have been at least a third team. Obviously, the you've got the Heisman winner at, the, at first, and then it was Hooker and Levis. Um, but, yeah, I think that's probably it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that Trey Dean was going to be on the list. Um, I don't. Oh, think you didn't I even get him. there yet. Oh. Uh, let me run, run through the rest of that list. Run through all of them, yeah. Yeah, let's <laughs> run through all of it. Um, yeah. All right, so we got uh, Brenton Cox, second team. Uh, as linebacker and then third team, uh, Gervon Dexter, defensive line, linebacker, Ventral Miller, uh, and then defensive back, Trey Dean. Uh, so the Gators end up putting five folks up on the uh, All-SEC list. Any names that are – I know you were just uh, mentioning Nick. Sorry to interrupt there. Uh, Trey Dean being a bit of a surprise for you. Yeah, um, I, I, I think – and so like – Marshall wasn't on any of the lists and, right. and someone, you know, and, and I said to someone on our message board, I was like, Oh, I didn't have him on my list either. Um, I, he, it doesn't mean he's not a great player, but like the sec is loaded at defensive back at safety at corner, uh, at, right. at nickel. I mean, you could put, you can make a case that Alabama's entire starting secondary could be the first team. Um, right. So it's like, to me, it wasn't crazy that, that trading or to me, it wasn't crazy that Jason Marshall wasn't on the list. I think he has that potential and it's more important to be on the postseason list 
than the preseason list. Um, but yeah, to me, it was, I didn't think that Trey Dean would have been on it. Um, I thought Andrew should have been, been on it. It's a good popular name. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of names that make even yeah. awards list is good for like just traction. And uh, even if they don't know like the best defender or safety, they're going to throw some Florida players on there. Just like our logo is going to get certain. Mm-hmm. Right. Certain, I, and certain and I'll tell you, right. there's definitely like, a, re- a name recognition, right? For like, sure. For sure. Trey Dean's sure. been around going, since. Going in your sixth Spurrier. year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was in Spurrier's third recruiting class. Yes. Yeah. I think Spur, <laughs> I think Trey Dean and Andre DeBose were in the same class. Yeah, I will tell you. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. If you're if you're not in tune and don't know who's on whose team, like when you get to the defensive line and the offensive line, it's like, hey, pick eight, and then you've got like eighty names, and you're like, who are these people? Mm -hmm. Um, So there is probably a lot of with you know the more than two thousand writers that are there. They get to it, and they're just like. Okay, who? Where's Alabama? Let me click three guys from Alabama. Where's uh, offensive line? Kentucky normally is a good offensive line. They're just picking random names or names that they recognize. Hmm. I don't, I don't think everyone. Yeah. I don't think everyone. I don't think everyone's putting uh, in the same kind of research that like me they, or like they, a Dave well, Waters. You, no, nah, you giving us, yeah, yeah, yeah. giving us, you're giving us your, your, your work. You, you tell yeah, us yeah, how you do it. Yeah, I showed my work. I showed my work. Nick's letting everybody know he's the hardest working guy in media. Yeah. Every day, yeah. Dennis Dodd, screw him. He's not paying buy, attention. Buy, yeah, buy my uh, mogul course. I'll put a link. Uh, I'll put a link in the chat. <laughs> yeah, for buy you. my master class on just yep. selecting all SEC teams. Corey, I uh, want to get into a little bit more, but why don't you give us a Gramco ad read? Uh, be sure to visit the Gramco.com. Use coupon code SG25 for 25% off of all TAC Delta 8 uh, products. Everything's federally legal to your mailbox. No jump out, boys. No federalities is gonna, you know, snatch you up. Everything's legit. Um, they have gummies of the flavors: fruit punch, watermelon, and blue raspberry. All fire. Hard candy, tropical orange. Uh, they also have wake and bake coffee, sativa all CBD products. Uh, like I said, use coupon code SG twenty five for twenty five percent off of all Gram Code products. I love it. Um, anybody else that you guys are surprised of? Uh, Ventro Miller, third team. Brenton or uh, Gervon Dexter, third team. Uh, Brenton Cox getting second team was probably a little bit of a surprise to me. Uh, a guy that you know is a little bit of a household name, former five star, but hasn't put it all together yet. So a, a little surprised to see him uh, on the second team. I think he's rooting for him though. Yeah, he just got to stop just just speed rushing. But mm-hmm. the potential is there. He's had some some moments in some games, but we, we also saw him take a shitload of plays off. Um, the motor the motor was suspect last year, so we'll see what the conditioning like and, and see that you know if he closes on plays. I think that if any, I think the scouts that's probably the biggest uh, you know thing on him is seeing him close on plays. Like if you don't get the immediate the quarterback, you know scrambles a little bit. Do you quit on the play? It was a lot of that with with Britton Cox, but outside of that, the potential is there for him to have a big year. Yeah. Nick? I think he's he. Uh, it must have been spring when we talked to him. He he, he admitted it. He admitted it. I took some plays off. Mm-hmm. He said the, his foot was never 100 percent healthy. He wasn't trying to use it as an excuse, but I guess like in his mind it was, you know, like a load management. Like oh my foot hurts. Quarterback scrambled. I'm not going to run 50 yards in the backfield to, to get him going the yeah. opposite way. Um, but it looks bad on film, and I think he knows yeah. that. Yeah. It looks really bad on film, and NFL scouts don't don't care. I don't care if your foot hurts. You, you stop playing. You, you get 100 plays, and you yeah. quit on 30 of them. 
Like that's what that's what we see. It doesn't matter if your toenail fell off. You better right. be running. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I right. think he's healthy. I think he's healthy right now, um, and and he knows what he put on film. Maybe even a little bit embarrassed about it, um, to an extent. Um, but he has said publicly that that's not what you're going to see on film this year. Excellent. Uh, any other names um, that that weren't you know one of the five named for the uh, the, the Florida Gators this uh, preseason that you might expect to see on on a postseason list? I'll go out on a limb and go Naquan Wright. Like okay. I think I think Naquan White Wright White Naquan Wright can get mixed in with the passing game, and I I really think I haven't moved off this too much. I really think Florida is going to be very run heavy. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Naquan Wright in those run packages is probably your best guy to catch a ball out of the backfield as well. Um, someone who even played some in the slot last year, um, you know, getting motioned out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he has potential. He could be the guy that that has the most carries on the team um, at, at the end of the year. Um, do you what what order do you have that in, Nick? Do you have Wright then Lingard then Johnson? Is that kind of your one two three? I think I think it'll probably start that way, but I, I think at the end of the year, if you look at it, if I'm going to make a prediction, I think it'll be Wright with the most carries. I, if we're if we're taking AR out of the equation, I think AR right, we're taking AR, yeah, just the most that. the most. Um, but I think it'll be Wright, Montrell, and then Lingard third. Okay. One of one of the other things that AR spoke on too was tempo. So I'm interested to see how like subbing out and how, and how all of that works, man. Um, but yeah, with, with what you just said, Naquan didn't play spring, and with and a lot of things make sense now, especially with Bowman leaving. But with Naquan out, there's a lot of opportunity, and that those opportunities definitely got shrunk uh, mm-hmm. with him back because he's probably the leader in that clubhouse uh, just from you know what I'm saying previous track records um, at the yep. team. All right. Yeah, other names that I think you could potentially see. Um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe another Florida Gator offensive lineman, you know, makes that list. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe a maybe a Richard Garage, maybe a Josh. I think Braun, Kingsley. Maybe I think Kingsley's Kingsley. another guy. Yeah, Kingsley guy. Yeah, give me you. Um, give me Princely, man. I, I was like just Princely gonna say him too. Thing. Yeah, you know, fills the squad seven hundred pounds. Absolutely, absolutely. He missed. He got some good get off. Uh, very explosive, just and strong as you can see with seven hundred pounds. But I think Princely Humanillion could be a guy at the end of the season. That's you know uh, names that the rest of the SEC yeah. know. You feel me? One yeah. of them and guys. Then Nick mentioned it earlier. Uh, I think Jason Marshall is a guy uh, that you could potentially see in there as well. You know, being the number one cornerback at the University of Florida, being coached up by Corey Raymond, uh, former five star, definitely a guy that did well. You know, as a freshman, you know, took a couple lumps, but you know now. Now it's his island to man, and I think that he's right. you know confident enough, and I think he's got the skill set to to really be able to shine. Um, mark me down for uh, mark me down for Jalen Kimber as well. Uh, yeah. People forget that he was starting on that that Georgia defense, where people consider one of the best defense ever. But he was starting, and then he got injured, and, and ended up transferring to UF. Uh, and we have him in our deep, in our secondary, and I like the way he looked in the spring ball. So um, I like I think he's going to get a lot of opportunities being on the other side of Marshall. And we'll see what happens, but I like Jalen Kimber as well. Yeah, um, but definitely a lot of names. Nick. And then also too, I mean, you mentioned Princely. I think that's a big. Uh, they need him. I mean, obviously he's in his third, going into his third season. He wants to have a big year, but they need him. You need someone to take uh, the pressure off of, of Brenton Cox, and and you can't allow 
hey, they've got nobody on the other side. So we can just double team Brandon Cox and put one man on, you know, the defensive end. Um, so Princely has to have a big year. Um, after Brandon Cox, is it who mm-hmm. steps up? Is it going to be Antoine Powell, who I think is probably running second team right now? Um, mm-hmm. He's a he's a guy that probably a lot of fans just forgot about. I think I got a lot of Zoom mean street. A lot of Zuniga vibes uh, with with uh, Antoine Powell with, mm-hmm. for me personally. I think it's him, and then uh, behind him would be uh, Chief Warriors David Reese. Not really sure about you know that order. David Reese is healthy finally going into his. Is this his red fifth shirt. year? I think he's a red shirt junior. Jeez, um, does that count his COVID? I have him pulling this up. Yeah, this is his fifth year. Yeah, fifth year. Hadn't done much. Um, you know, certainly there's still an opportunity there. You know, Chief Borders was a, you know, gifted, ath- you know, athlete coming out of high school. Didn't play a, a ton last year. Um, you know, certainly has an opportunity as well. You know, Chris Sorley uh, in YouTube. Make sure you check us out on YouTube. We are live streaming. Normally we do this on Monday evenings today because we have Phil Steele joining us shortly. We are doing it during the middle of the day. Uh, but, you know, Chris Sorley. Same, same corner earlier time. Uh, he asked the exact same question. Who's going to back up Cox? Um, you know, you mentioned Powell. Um, Wicked Fresh uh, said Rashard Torrance is a guy that you could maybe see on uh, an all-SEC list as well. I like, I like that we got some names right down the middle as well. That You want to be solid yeah. down the middle on defense. So you got Grovan Dexter right at defensive tackle, Ventrell, some of that action in Rashard Torrance, Trey Dean. I think we're going to be more solid down the middle in that. That's the foundation of a good defense. I think I think you've got I think you've got frontline talent. I don't know that the depth is there, especially right. at defensive tackle, nose tackle. Right. And, and oh, for sure. And, and shout out to my guy Chris Rumpf. He said he learned to Alabama. He goes, those big boys, they have one gas tank. There's no refilling it. He goes, when that gas tank hits empty on Saturday. That's it. Yeah, it's there, not refilled no, until the following like, have, Saturday. Have, right? No. Have, have you seen the? Have you seen gas prices? He goes, not only can we not afford to refill it, the, the tank is closed. Right. <laughs> Once that tank is done. Um, so you you have to have depth. Like you can't ask. I mean, maybe you can. Maybe maybe Gerv is, is gotten into this, like some nasty shape, but you can't ask like a defensive tackle, nose tackle. Hey, you got to play eighty Gerv. snaps on defense today. I'm not worried about Gerv's shape. What what is Desmond Watson looking like? Uh, that's the better shape. That's the guy to ask him what type of shape he's in. Because Gerv just not going to be able to. It's hot out there, bro. You know, uh, he, he's going to have to he's going to have to take a, a breath. That's just what it is. Um, so I think that's the bigger thing, bigger question in the room is is how uh, in shape is Desmond Watson? Yeah, because you're going to rely on him, and he hasn't had to play much, right? Yeah. yeah. So, hmm. anybody else on offense? So I know that you mentioned Naquan Wright, Anthony Richardson, obviously a guy. Uh, anybody else? Uh, we mentioned a couple um, offensive linemen, but. Listen, bro. Somebody, somebody in that receiver room, step up. Uh, nobody's been more down on the receiver room, I think, than me. Somebody yep. step up. You got someone wearing the number one right now, Justin Shorter. Uh, it's a, a big proof of you for him. That's kind of mentality he's taken. Um, and, and somebody step up in that room. Is Day Day Dejon Reynolds? Like somebody's got to step up in that yeah. room. Maybe a Xavier um, Henderson, right? X, uh, Ricky, Ricky, Slick Rick, Pretty Ricky. Yeah, Slick Rick won. Slick Rick won. I do love I, yeah, that's it. That's a new Twitter handle. Yeah, you switch that. Got the, got the jersey number, changed the at. Should have been Slicky Ricky, but with the, Slicky, the yeah, yeah, with the, one, with the one and seven. Nine. Yeah, but that would have been that would have been number 11, you know. Mm. Um, mm. 
I'll work on the branding. Don't don't pay me for branding. Yeah, but if we're talking about like possibly uh, add to like like all SEC, I don't have anybody in the wide receiver room. Um, but mm-hmm. just sticking out on paper, I do it like Dejon Reynolds, uh, his weight room stuff that he was doing this offseason. That's just the signs of an explosive guy. Uh, when a wide receiver squatting six hundred pounds, so when he we've seen some potential out of him. So that's a guy I would, would look out for. But but possibly making um, all SEC type thing on offense, I think they kind of got it covered, man. I don't think they miss. A whole lot. Yeah, I think offensive line, uh, certainly running back or quarterback, is probably the only place that Florida uh, is going to see that. But again, you know, you never know. There's usually a surprise or two, uh, you know, at Florida and elsewhere of somebody that you've not heard of that just bursts on the scene. Um, Nick, since I have you and we're still waiting on Phil Steele to join us here shortly, uh, what's Florida going to do at kick? in punt return obviously uh you know i think a lot of people had family graham or maybe even demarcus bowman uh both of them are now gone from the program do, do we have an idea of what florida is going to do there uh i think punt return you're going to get um like a jason marshall um and and, and it's kind of like when you go back to the vernon hargraves it's like there was no reason Vern needed to be back there but he had mm-hmm. strict instructions like who did they have the first no. We didn't um, punt spring, so we didn't get no return action to see who was even back there for kickoff return no. or anything? No? Listen, you know if there was punting in the spring, I would have detailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your bad. My bad. No disrespect. Um, but, but I like, he goes back there. Jason Marshall goes back there with, like, the strict – the Vernon Hargreaves instructions. Like, the ball's in the air. You find it. You wave your arm, and you bring it down, and we get back on offense. No no, no shifty business. No no, no funny business tricky. back there. Don't Don't – don't get right. antsy and try to run the ball back. Um, this is negative, Nick. Who you want back there? We getting some explosive. Back yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. No, I'm, I'm, not feeling, I'm not feeling no vibes, bro. Like you're talking down on my coach, man. Like, we just want some pedestrian. <laughs> I'm not. There. It's just like, hey, yeah, he's the offensive coordinator. Let's get us mm-hmm. back on offense. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Who you got, Dan? I got feel? Xavier Henderson back there. Yeah, I don't like that. That's it. He's a kickoff guy, not a punt guy. Straight line speed. Like, let him get, like let him him get 15, 20 yards. Hmm. I'm like let me. Let me think about it. We got um, Phil Steele joining us. Yeah, right, we'll get back. Let's we'll let's get welcome back. Phil to the show in just one moment. But before we do that, uh, give a shout out to our friends over at Homefield Apparel. Visit them homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale, all one word, for ten percent, fifteen percent off of your order. They are running a mystery fleece this week through July twenty seventh. Hoodies are forty five dollars. Crewnecks are $40. Check them out. Homefieldapparel.com. Promo code Stadium and Gale. All one word. And with that, we welcome the biggest prognosticator in college football and in the NFL, a legend himself, Phil Steele. Phil, how are you doing this afternoon? Hey, I am doing great. How about you, gentlemen, this afternoon? Excellent, excellent, excellent. Great vibes, Phil. Great vibes over here. Phil, we have been trying to get you onto the show for a long time, so we are glad uh, that you are uh, you're joining us today. Uh, Phil, obviously, want to talk to you a little bit about the Florida Gators and everything that we have going on this season, uh, learn a little bit about Billy Napier, but uh, always like to know a little bit of the backstory of folks like yourself and how you got into the business and ultimately became such a household name. Um, I know your first uh, publication was in 1995, but ultimately, how did you get uh, into this business and into a point where where you are now? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I was writing a football newsletter for years. I started that business in 82, and uh, I would go out, and at the time, there's probably 22 
preseason magazines. So I'd buy all 22. I needed every piece of information I could get. Got my notebook all set and started jotting down every piece of information I gathered from all 22 magazines. And I would end up with like 18, 18 players per team for the big teams. And the small teams, you'd get practically maybe four or five players on the team. It was just the same amount of information and not a lot of it. So I started compiling the information myself, getting the rosters from the schools, things like that. And uh, I think it was 1994, somebody came in and looked at my pages and said, Phil, maybe you could turn that into a magazine. And I wondered, because all the other magazines are sort of uh, very quick reads, you know, that type of thing, if, if it would take nationally. But we put that first magazine out in 1995 and have more information than anybody else complete depth charts. It was laid out much like this year's magazine. Back then, it was black and white. It was on newsprint. There was only 88 teams. I didn't even write. I didn't have time to write the Mac or the Sun Belt or anything like that. But after people got their hands on it, they were like, I, I need this type of information. So each year it grew with the amount of people that were reading it. And each year, once somebody got their hands on it, they needed to have it. About seven, eight years later, we went full color. We expanded to all the F FBS teams. I think it was after four or five years. And uh, currently, I do all 131 teams. We give you the same amount of coverage on Akron or Troy that we give you on Alabama and Oklahoma. Two full pages. And the beautiful thing in this era where magazines are going by the wayside, it's actually quicker than the Internet because you can flip to any team page. And if you want to know a score from three years ago, you can close your eyes to know exactly where it's at. Mm -hmm. Who's your starting left tackle? You know exactly where it's at. Meanwhile, if you went to the school's website, you might be three, four, five clicks away from finding said information. So all the information on the same spot, every team, guys like you probably use it during your show. Yeah. It's a quick, easy reference. And like I said, it's faster than the Internet. So it's it's just grown in popularity. It's the number one seller right now at Barnes & Noble and has been for years. And uh, it's um, it's worked out pretty well. So it, it just shows you that if you put the effort into it, 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 it you can achieve stuff. I um I admit I moved to the digital copy a couple of years ago because I enjoy the control F <laughs> uh, more so than thumbing through. But but for years um, that was the go to source for me. You know every week. You know uh, I, listen. I know Tennessee and I know Georgia, but when I'm getting ready for uh, one of the out of conference games Florida has, it's like hey I don't know anything about Eastern Washington. Open up my magazine and all right there it is. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, and if you if, if you follow your team, you generally find that uh, you'll be like, hey, that's it's you know that information's accurate. You know the information's accurate on all 131 teams. And you know, like with Florida, I talked to Coach Napier for a little over an hour. I've been talking to Coach Napier every year. Is at Louisiana. They really get my uh, two deeps and three deeps and four deeps in order for me. Mm. What's your uh, overall impression on, on, on Billy before he got to, to UF? What, what do you think about the work he did at uh, Louisiana? Well, what I do with the coaches is I, I send them over my uh, team pages, and it's got every single uh -huh. player on the team and my notes on them. Uh, if you looked at the team pages the first year he was at uh, Louisiana uh, and compared them to the last year he was at Louisiana, you would have seen that roster grow amazingly well. And so he's a great recruiter, a great developer of talent, and uh, I, th I think he's a heck of a game day head coach as well. Probably could have won more than just the, the one Sunbelt title that he did. And I think he's ready for the step up. I mean, he's been in Power 5 conferences before. He's learned under some great coaches before. And I think he's going to do a great job at Florida. So I was very impressed with Coach Napier coming in. And, and I think he steps into a pretty good spot here. 
Uh, Phil, I want to ask you, I was just uh, looking through earlier today in, in your top 40 rankings that you put out the other day. You have Florida number 32 um, on your list. Uh, where, do you, where do you have hesitancy on, on Florida um, to put them in the 30s? And, um, you know, where do you ultimately think that they, you know, f- how, how can they get into the top 10, top 15 and finish that way? Or, or do you, could you see the wheels falling off as well? Did you guys review my magazine last year? I did, but I'll be honest with you, the information's probably gone in and out. Okay, because last year I wasn't very popular with Florida, uh, folks. I did not have Florida in my top yeah. 25. There was numerous articles written in Florida about that, and uh, <laughs> I got blasted on Twitter all season long. However, this year I don't think expectations are as high for Florida, mm-hmm. but I, I think it's mostly the schedule for me. Uh, when you look at the schedule they play, they're opening up with Utah. Uh, where I've got them as an underdog. Utah is one of my top teams in the country at Tennessee, uh, at Texas A&M, Georgia, in Jacksonville. So the schedule's tough. It's going to be tough to to really move up in the top 40. We're talking probably eight or nine wins. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's feasible in the first year for Florida, which is 13 returning starters. So the question would be, the situation is taken over, 13 returning starters coming off a of six and seven team. Can they get up there into the nine, 10 win level, which would need you need to get into the top 25. Now I have Florida, my number two most improved team in the country this year. So I think mm-hmm. it's feasible. They do need to, to win some of those games, like go on the road and beat Tennessee. I think that's a key game. If you're looking for the team that finishes behind Georgia this year, Florida's going to have to go and beat Tennessee because I've got Tennessee uh, tied with Florida as a number two team. But schedule would probably be my main concern, overall experience. And, you know, I'll tell you, I talked to 120 of the 131 head coaches this year, uh, and I've been talking to coaches for years. And every second-year head coach you talk to, he says what a better situation he's in because he now knows the players' strengths and weaknesses. Players know his system. He said his first full recruiting class, his first real first full recruiting class. So second-year head coaches uh, tell you about that. So it tells you a little bit about first-year head coaches and the situation that they step into. It, um, it, it's interesting to me, uh, and I think the general consensus, uh, I, don't, I don't know if any group in the country is more passionate about football, college football, than, than people here in the South. Um, but the general consensus is, oh, Pac-12, they don't play this physical style. Uh, of football they're they're kind of more finesse they'll throw the ball around not great defenses i watched utah a couple times and and you just mentioned how much they bring back i'm like this is not they're not that they are not what you know whether it's warranted or not that's not the type of football that utah will bring uh to gainesville on september 3rd yeah i agree with you 100 percent there and uh there are a couple of pac-12 teams that are built at the line of scrimmage you look at what mario cristobal did at oregon he took over a finesse team and turned them into a power team on both sides of the ball and all you have to do is talk to coach kyle whittingham and you know this is a tough team so their offensive line is built and powerful i rate them the number six offensive line in the country defensive line Utah puts so many players in the NFL off that defensive front, it's ridiculous. They just recruit defensive linemen every year under Whittingham. They've got my number 17 rated defensive line. Florida fans will be very familiar with their middle linebacker this year, Muhammad Diabati, who was the number one tackler for Florida. Well, now he's going him. in at uh, Utah as the uh, the top linebacker. I read in the number 11 linebacking core, number 12 DB core. They've got run deep set of running backs. They were a much better team once Cam Rising took over. Last year, they dropped a couple of early games. Cam Rising took over at QB. They only dropped one more in the regular season. And then they should have beaten Ohio State 
in the Rose Bowl, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, their secondary was really wiped out. They had a running back playing secondary. They had a walk-on playing secondary, and they gave up a lot of pass yards and the late win. I've got Utah as uh, coming into the season as my number uh, six-ranked team. I think they, they could be favored in every single game and run the table this year. So that's a legitimate test for Florida in the opener in the Swamp. Now, the advantage for Florida got to be the heat and humidity. I mean, because Utah's coming from the mountains and they're playing down in the south. So that's going to be a big advantage, I think, for Florida. But this is a very talented Utah team. I'll tell you, it's not, it's not, uh, the weather's not great right now, uh, Phil, sitting here in Gainesville. Yeah. Uh, it's, not, it's not outside weather right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's wicked. I don't know. The sun, the sun is a little different this year than it, than it has been in the past, and we definitely gonna need it in the swamp. But I expect them boys to come in in shape as well. Um, Phil, I want to ask you kind of your outside perspective. I know a lot of Gator fans are very um, excited about Anthony Richardson taking over the helm uh, at quarterback, and I know that he's been compared to Cam Newton and Tim Tebow in terms of his size and stature and everything else. Um, you know, had you know bit a, a few ups and a few downs. Uh, last year, but what are you hearing through your conversations about Anthony Richardson? I'm very high on him. He could be a, a potential Heisman candidate. I mean, knows you have to do is watch this guy play 6'4", 237. He's got the arm strength. He's got the speed. Uh, he's just everything you want. He's a freakish athlete. He can do backflips. He's explosive. Mm -hmm. uh, he runs, what, I think uh, Coach Napier told me they timed him at 21 miles per hour and during the spring which speaks of his speed. He's just gifted and everything you want. Now, the only thing he needs is experience. And mm -hmm. uh, I think if he can, he's going to have a, a games early on, you know, like I mentioned, the Utah game is going to be tough. Uh, that's the type of game that could really build you the rest of the year. Because once you've played that Utah defense, then pretty much every defense you look at the rest of the year, it's going to be, hey, I've seen this already. So I, I think that that first opening game of the season is going to help him a lot to, for the rest of the schedule. They might not face a, a defense as good as Utah, until Georgia, even, uh, you know, getting past LSU. So I'm, I'm very high on Anthony Richardson this year. If I can jump to that Georgia game, I, uh, I, I almost felt bad for Anthony last year. It was like fans had been clamoring. The media had been clamoring. It was a setup. Start, start Anthony Richardson. And then Dan Mullen was like, all right, you guys want it? Here you go. He's starting against Georgia. And we were all like, <laughs> not that defense, Dan. Not, not against that team. You should have done it against like Vanderbilt or done it against a different team. Not against rep. that Georgia yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, plenty of opportunity um, to get reps. That was so kind team. of kind of thrown into the deep end of shark infested waters. Um, what does Georgia? They lost. I mean, they had a record year um, in, in the NFL draft. What do they return? What does that defense look like? Obviously, they've recruited well, um, but you'd have to imagine they take at least a little step back from the defense that they had a year ago. Yeah, and the most amazing stat to me is that they gave up 41 points to Alabama last year, and yet on the season gave up 10 points per game. How is that even possible? That means all the rest of the games you're giving up seven points per game. It's really phenomenal. Now, Georgia loses eight draft picks, a lot of them in the first and second round. I don't think this year's Georgia defense is as good as last year's, but last year's was incredible. And in the front of the magazine, uh, we list projected stats. And I every year when I'm doing my write-ups for the offense and defense, I go, okay, what do my projected stats have for this team? And I do that for all 131 teams. You'd be amazed how close these stats come. Well, my projected stats this year say Georgia's going to drop all the way down to giving <laughs> – 16 points per game. So they're still going to. Oh, man, you're really down on them, huh? Yeah, it's, 
Uh, Jalen Carter up front is one of the best defensive players in college football. Nolan Smith at outside linebacker. Keely Ringo, one of the top corners. And going over the defense uh, with Coach Schumann. Uh, and these guys are deep. You know, last year, if you watch Georgia play, they don't play just the starters. They play the starters. They play the backups to play the third team. So a lot of these guys gained experience last year. They're loaded with talent. So, yeah, I'm, I'm calling for them to drop all the way to allowing 16 points per game this year. I've got Georgia a double-digit favorite in every single game. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um, who's, who's a team in the SEC that you think is a little overhyped right now and who's a team that may be a little bit underhyped? Uh, let's start with the underhyped team. I'm going to go with Auburn. And uh, Auburn's a team that's just got picked last in the SEC West. And all the talk is, well, Brian Harson must be running some toxic there because all these players are leaving, right? Guys, I've been doing this for 28 years. And I can tell you, I've seen a lot of first-year head coaches come in. And that attrition, I call it addition by subtraction. You're getting rid of the guys that aren't bought in. You're saying, you know what, if you don't like it, there's the door, head out. And what's left is a galvanized group. And talking to Coach Harson, going over the team, I got that feeling. And with the defense, I mean, if you watch the SEC media days, listen to Tank Bigsby speak, these guys are bought in. And we'd have a completely different outlook on Auburn this year had they held on to that lead against Bama. They, they should have won the Alabama game. Mm-hmm. Had the lead, Bama needs a miracle, scored late in the game, and needs four overtimes to get past them. Had Harson beaten Alabama in, in his first year, we'd be looking at Auburn as one of the contenders in the West. Instead, you're looking at a team that was coming off a 6-7 and seven season as picked last. Auburn's going to surprise a lot of folks. Uh, I have my number six uh, most improved team this year. As far as overhyped, I don't know if anybody's really getting that much hype other than Alabama and Georgia this year. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at, I've watched the SEC media days and everybody's picking everybody from third to 11. So I don't know if there's an overhyped team because everybody is mm-hmm. uh, sort, sort of down, but I think Auburn clearly would be the underhyped team. So, Nick, anything else? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about just on, on some other stuff, Phil? What do you think about you've been in the game a long time? Um, just what, what, what media is now, the growth of it, like the new technology. What's your opinion from when you started to what, what it is now? Well, I tell you, college football uh, was not the second most popular sport out there when I started the magazine. I think – and I'd like to say my magazine might have helped a little bit by providing the amount of information it has on every team. makes everybody an expert. But I think the media now – college football is the second most popular sport out there. So I love college football, and I think the media has really helped. It's, uh, it's a, impressive. And the more people you get talking about college football, uh, the better it is for college football. No doubt. Um, I guess uh, last question, Phil, um, your thoughts on, on Billy Napier and, and fit at Florida. I know you, you spoke highly of his time uh, at Louisiana. I know that you've, you know, said that, you know, this is a, a team that certainly is going to be, you know, more improved, you know, obviously a tough schedule, but, you know, Florida's had a, a bit of a rough go of it when it's come to coaches, you know, after Urban Meyer left, I think the average duration of a head coach at Florida is, is probably right around three years. Uh, where do you have Billy Napier, you know, fitting in, in in the Florida fan base long term? And, you know, how quickly do you think that he'll achieve the results that I think the Gator fans are expecting uh, out of a head football coach at Florida? Uh, I think Billy Napier is going to be around Florida a long time. He strikes me as a very loyal guy, a guy that's going to stick with the place uh, and somebody that's going to put all his effort into it. I also think there's going to be a lot lot more effort in the recruiting trail for Coach Napier, and I think you're going to see the results. He's going to have a team that's disciplined 
and uh, playing hard. So, like I said, first-year head coaches, generally there's a struggle that first year. I think he'll have them improve. They are my number two most improved team in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think he's going to be a, around a long time. I think he's going to end your string of uh, short-term coaches. Excellent. Well, Phil, obviously – oh, go I ahead, Nick. So, Phil. I, I hope so, Phil. It's my, my tenth year and my fourth coach uh, while, while covering the team. Um, Nick, acting like I, he don't like the clicks. <laughs> hey, I, I hate clicks are still clicks, but my mental health is taking a toll with, uh, with angry fans. Um, Phil, you mentioned you know the, the schedule for Florida, um, and I don't know. We've gone through the schedule a little bit um, on our show in the past. I don't know – that there is a path to 10 wins. Like if, if Florida gets to 10 wins, I think, you know, Anthony Richardson has a seat uh, wherever they're doing the Heisman this year. For sure. What do you think is a realistic win loss total for, for Gator fans this year? Uh, I would say the, uh, if you're looking for like a basement win total, I would say seven. I think that's absolute worst case scenario, but I mm -hmm. think best case scenario uh, you would be looking at 10. The two key games would be Utah and Tennessee. And I'll say this, mm -hmm. after I do the magazine every year, I go through every matchup for the season, uh, line it up in my computer, uh, look at the history of the series, look at the situation of the game. And I have Florida favored over Kentucky, South mm -hmm. Florida, Eastern Washington, Missouri, LSU, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Florida State. So I've got them favored in eight games. I got him a slight underdog at Tennessee. As we know, Florida's dominated the Tennessee series. I think Tennessee talent-wise might be more than a three-point favorite, but I only made him a three-point favorite in that game because of Florida's dominance in the series. Uh, the Utah game, I've got him a an underdog as well. Right now in Vegas, I think they're a three-point dog. Those would be the two games. If you're going to get to 10 wins, you got to knock off Utah and beat Tennessee on the road. I do have a, a double-digit underdog against Georgia and then a, a, a seven-point dog or a 10-point dog at Texas A&M. I think College Station's a tough place to play. They're mm -hmm. loaded. I mean, absolutely loaded with talent. Jimbo Fisher's done a great job recruiting. Going through the team with Coach Fisher, you get to the third team, and it's what I call a VHT. If you guys are familiar with the magazine, a VHT is one of the highest-rated recruits out there. That's A&M's third string. So Fisher yeah. has had five straight years of recruiting, just not one. I think those two games are sort of almost in the unwinnable category as far as Georgia and Texas A&M go. So I'd put the ceiling at 10 and the basement at 7 for Florida this year. I like Not bad that, man. First year head coach. You went all rain, man, on us, man. You just got a plethora of information just in the tuck, Phil. <laughs> that's, why you, that's why you my guy, bro. That's all I do, though, guys, is college football. You put me in a grocery store and I'm clueless. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, Phil, obviously you you don't need any further introduction, but but let everybody know where they can pick up your magazine, where they can follow you on social media and everything else. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. Now, we actually had to go through a bit of a difference this year due to a paper shortage and print the magazine in two runs. The first one went exclusively to Barnes & Noble. So if you're out and about, gas is so valuable right now. Just go to Barnes & Noble and look for the magazine. The second run will be hitting the other stores in August. But Barnes & Noble is the exclusive dealer now. You can go to the website, which is philsteel.com, and pick up the hard copy of the magazine. Pick up the digital copy of the magazine, which, by the way, we update the digital version all the way through the start of the season. So if a player's injured out for the year, we've got to, we'll have that in the digital version. Uh, Bill Clark, no longer the head coach at UAB. Uh -huh. And in the digital. So make sure you check that out. And then you could follow me uh, on Twitter at Phil Steele 042. That's at Phil Steele 042. 
I love that, Phil. Thank you so much. We appreciate your your time and um, best of luck and, and great work again. And we'll uh, we'll hopefully get you on in the future and, and talk a little bit more about the Florida Gators. Hey, sounds good. A lot of fun talking football awesome. with you guys today. Yeah, absolutely. Always, Thanks, always. Phil. Thanks a lot, Phil. Thanks, guys. You got it. Bye bye. Phil Steele, a legend. Uh, enjoyed uh, that conversation. Uh, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall real quick. Go visit alumnihall.com or go visit them in Gainesville on Archer Road. A lot of new things uh, in the store. I know last week we talked a little bit about their their new football jerseys, the new Jordan polos. I actually just got one. I almost put it on before the show today. Uh, but check out the new Jordan polos or if you need anything for your tailgate setup check it out. Uh, they have some other things. Uh, they're going to be knocking down some walls. They're going to be expanding a little bit, uh, over there on Archer road. Uh, they're also going to be doing, um, some, uh, tax free week stuff here in the next couple weeks. Uh, so make sure that you check them out. They let me know today, shot them an email, uh, that they got 38 boxes of shipment today. So some of that stuff is the Nike stuff that you guys are looking for. So we will have that. Uh, they will have that up on the website and we will have that for you here shortly. So again, alumnihall.com for all of your Florida Gators needs. All right, Silk, uh, Nick, a uh, big week in recruiting. Uh, I know a lot of Gator fans are uh, excited about what the prospects of this week look like recruiting. Uh, a couple of crystal balls just went in from Steve Wilfong over there on 247. Uh, but if you look, uh, it looks like the Gators are trending well. Uh, Nick, Silk, any thoughts on recruiting before we go over a few specific names that may be popping this week? Uh, I would go out of left field. I mean, we got we got a few names. Who who'd you say, Aiden Mizell? Uh, he probably yeah. So we've got uh, uh, probably the big names this week are Jordan Castell, uh, right. Aiden Mizell. Uh, so Jordan Castell is a safety uh, prospect class of twenty twenty three, four star out of West Orange West High Orange. School in Winter Garden. Uh, I, I think that that one's about as uh, strong of a lean as you're going to get without a commitment. Uh, right. Aiden Mizell, a 6'2 wide receiver, four-star out of Boone High School uh, in Orlando, Florida. Both parents went to the University of Florida, uh, but wasn't necessarily being recruited hard by the University of Florida uh, under former coach Dan Mullins. So great job by Billy Napier to bring him back into the fold. Uh, I believe he's a top 50 guy on on three. Uh, cornerback Jakeem Jackson from Osceola High School, six foot one, also a four-star. Loading up. Uh, we is expected up. to uh, go this week. We got you, Billy. Yeah. Uh, Malik Bryant is a guy that uh, was expected to announce on Saturday. Uh, there is some smoke about him going to Florida. Then there's some smoke about him going to Miami. And then we found out that all of that smoke was uh, not connected to any fire and that he just delayed uh, his commitment date to a later time. Yeah, it was uh, some so smoke. Bugatti Billy, it was some smoke, man. I wish we, I wish the kid would have went through, man. It was just some smoke out there. Yeah. I'm glad Malik. It was a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Florida smoke, right? I mean, the Florida delay, smoke. the delay was not good for Miami. Not saying that he's going to choose Florida. Not saying that he's not going to go to Miami. But certainly, I think the expectation up until maybe Friday was right. that on Saturday Malik Bryant was heading to Coral Gables, and that uh, may not be the case anymore. But it does seem. Like, this could be a big week uh, for recruiting for the Florida Gators. And then, obviously, you have your Huge Friday need. night lights and cookout at the end of the week. Huge need if they could pull off uh, Malik Bryant. Um, like you said, he delayed. They still ate the barbecue. Like The, the, the shindig still went down, so the vibe yeah. is still electric. 
Um, but no, shout out to him for still having a barbecue, right? Yeah, I mean, the food's already been ordered, man. You know, everything's getting catered. I, I think I think there was another person committing at the event too, but it's like, hey, if, if the bride runs away at the wedding, it's like the drinks are already paid for, the Open DJ's here, here, DJ's yeah. here till one, the bottles yeah. of alcohol are still here. Y'all enjoy the party. We invited you. It's a vibe, you know. Um, Anywho, I think that'll be a good get. Uh, Bateman has been struggling with linebacker recruitment. Um, we've been talking about that that room and offensive line room, how bad it's been. So that would be a great get. Um, and also, like this is past Rashada. I like the way the staff is, is stand on it. You know, no matter what the, what's going on in the streets, as it, as it gets closer to these commit dates, like they came out of nowhere, right? Um, mm-hmm. Malik Bryan was assumedly head to Miami for a little while now, um, and then all of a sudden we got towards that that date. Um, Things started to get a little murky. So I like that they're working, you know? Yeah, real no, move, I think real G's moving silent like lasagna. Uh, that's right. Man. Shout out Weezy F. Um, I think that this is a, an interesting quote. Uh, Billy Napier was on uh, CBS um, and he was talking about areas of, of opportunity for himself and to be able to improve. And he sat down with, with Dennis Dodd um, and he said, uh, the key take is that we take this experience and next go around, we get better, a little better, minimize our error, improve our efficiency. And ultimately that's what it comes down to. Uh, he's talking about recruiting uh, as a whole. And I think that, you know, there was life. definitely, yeah, that's a great life it's quote life. too, right? It's a yeah. great opportunity, right? I'm sure he's going to look back on football games that, that are coached this season and in, in his career where you can say, Hey, we could have done this better uh, or that better. But I think overall being able to look back now, um, you know, I think that you, you look back on this show three, four months ago, there was definitely some question marks that we had about recruiting and where Florida was at. And we said, Hey, there's still quite a bit of time between now and, and early signing day, but we're, we're, we're still waiting to see the progress of, of the army and of the staff and of the recruiting team and everything else. And I think that if you look at where Florida's at, you know, right now compared to three months ago and compared to where they could be, you know, three months from now, I think that, you know, the tide is certainly shifting and, you know, it seemed to be a lot of momentum in, in Miami's favor, but, you know, it certainly seems that Florida's starting to, to get some of the, the blue chips that they need to continue to be able to compete uh, on field with your Georgias, your Alabamas, and your Texas A&Ms. You got some Nicks I got to take. You got Nick? You got anything, Nick? Listen, bro, it's recruiting. You, you know you know my takes on recruiting. Go ahead. Oh, we just a hat on the table. That's your take. Um, I'm wearing the hat. I'm wearing the hat. <laughs> no, that thing's a gas station hat. This, is, this was purchased. <laughs> this was purchased at the baseball grounds of Jacksonville, where yeah. the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, formerly the Jacksonville Sun, play. If you want uh, the entire city, county though. of Duval to hate you like they hate Dan, you can go ahead and keep talking trash about my throwback hat. Yes, yeah, it's it's, it's, hmm. it's a lot of relationship building going on. That's where the army comes into play. Uh, I think that's going to be important with uh, keeping our our, our commits. Um, these guys are still getting attention. Uh, and, and we'll see if other programs are still giving these kids attention and still recruiting because I know the Army's still going to be doing that. And I know they're still out there. A lot of guys that already committed. Um, and that's the play. A lot of these guys didn't have relationships, uh, especially in the offensive line. Uh, those guys coming back from NFL ranks, um, we lost to guys that had a long relationship, whether it was Florida State with Atkins and, and other guys, but they just had long relationships. And when you're talking to a, to a coach since you're 14, 15, and mm-hmm. eighth, ninth grade, that's a lot of bonding, man. Um, so we're just going to keep working, play this season, and keep building on those relationships and let the Army do what they do. Um, yeah. But they, they're still at it. I mean, when you think of, you know, Mario Cristobal, you know, head coach at Oregon, probably recruiting, you know, a lot of the guys that he was already talking to when he was at Oregon, 
you know, Jimbo Fisher's obviously been around for quite some time. Nick Saban, you know, when you look at Billy Napier coming from Louisiana, he probably wasn't talking to a lot of these, you know, highly ranked four and five star guys because uh, they simply weren't going to consider Louisiana, right? Even if they're from Louisiana, they probably weren't going to consider Louisiana, right? So, right. you know, certainly a lot of relationships that are going to be built. And, you know, I say that Florida's going to probably have a never going to have a tougher time to recruit and build that name recognition than they are, you know, six months ago. And, and every day and every re- relationship and every conversation, you know, that Rose is only going to make it a little bit stronger and a little bit easier for Billy Napier and his team to get in, you know, but when you're starting from a nearly ground zero, you know, start and carte, carte blanche there, um, you know, certainly it's going to be a, you know, an uphill battle. And I think that they've done well. And, you know, the way that this week is trending, there could even be a surprise or two uh, mm. in there this week. Mm-hmm. Um, hint, hint, nudge, nudge that, you know, that that is, is just getting started on, on what this could look like. Mm, Bugatti Billy. Um, also, another another <laughs> take, man. I like I like how I like how many kids. Uh, so ten of our commits are all Florida kids. The other two are Georgia kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know you got to you got to master your footprint, right? You got to master that, man, and and you got to invest in that. And I think everybody else, these high school coaches, everybody, the kids, they're gonna all recognize that that you know we're trying to lock down a certain area and do certain things, man. So. Not a bad start, bro. We'll see how we all finish up where yep. we rank before before the games get kicked off. But um, linebacker room, offensive line room is just the biggest glaring problems. And Malik Bryant could, could, could change a lot of that. And the offensive line got a lot of work to do. Um, but we're about to, we about to get some fireworks here soon. Well, perfect. Well, let's um, well, you guys wrap up the show. I don't think there's anything else we need to talk about. Nick, I guess there's a couple baseball players uh, that signed – um, you want to go over those real quick? Um, yeah, the one signee, he was the first um, the first uh, Gator player or signee drafted. Um, Xavier Isaac, he, he signed with, uh, I think it was your Tampa Bay Rays, Dan? My team is the Marlins, but yes. The your Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. Here in Tampa Bay, yeah. Um, and then also Hunter Barco, um, he signed with the Pirates. Judd Fabian signed with the Orioles. And Nick Pogue was not drafted, but signed. Uh, with the Washington Nationals. I think those are the three guys that I've got right now. Um, really fortunate for Florida. Uh, really good draft for them when it comes to the signing class and, and getting guys to campus. Um, there is some more big news that will be coming for baseball. I'm not going to spoil it, uh, but story's already written up, and I'm going to have to – Silk, I'm going to be lying all fall. We got big hype. Here we go. Yeah, Barry Bonds going to be the hitting coach, or what are we going on? I'm gonna tell you, you, hype on the baseball diamond all fall. We will be coming to a crescendo by February. I got takes. The fans don't like when you negative about uh, football or positive about baseball. Those are bad signs, man. I gotta flip them. You gotta flip them, bro. I gotta flip (laughs) them. That's our jinx right now. You, (laughs) my bad. Uh, so we got uh oh i guess just a couple announcements again uh check out uh the the stadium and gale uh store um like i said have a bunch of new items there for you um again if you want them on any other article of clothing than what we have listed just reach out to us and we will help you with that um number two make sure that you like and subscribe us on uh, youtube we normally record around 5 30 6 o'clock on monday afternoons uh but today we did it at around noon uh but uh but follow us there do the or I me mean, do the live stream you can ask questions 
especially if you're a super donator uh, or uh, super sponsor, whatever they, they call the, the super follow uh, functionality there. Uh, we will um, be uh, answering those questions live on our show. Uh, also make sure that you rate and subscribe us on all of your podcast platforms. That absolutely helps us. And we certainly appreciate you listening. Silk, I think it's your song of the week and we got the manscaped ad read and we'll take us home. While he looks, I need that, the, our new Gainesville logo. I need that on a patch on a hat. Patch on a hat. Let's see what we can patch do. Patch on a hat. I'll look oh, into man. that for you. Thank see you. Man. Trying well, to see what I want to give the streets. I've been giving the streets too much R&B. Listen, bro. I mean, you just, you just got to catch up. I'm, I'm running away with this. I mean, the song was fire. I like the song you had last I'm time. I'm the unofficial DJ yeah. of Stadium and Gale. If you have a shanty... <laughs> tuned up, ready to go. Ashanti people would like. Oh, that could be another I like good Ashanti one. too. That's, but I can't. Ashanti, that's that's my bag. But I can't, you know, can't play no R and B. But Murder Inc. is a, is a is a vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, but the streets was feeling your song. My DJ hit me up. Was like, bro, I don't know. Nick has some heat, man. If we could get them <laughs> lyrics uh, to like Durkio, you know, or <laughs> or the right rapper, that shit it goes in a little bit. Pause. Yo. <laughs> But a great song. Um, lyrics is fire. Um, before you uh, do the Manscaped ad read, shout out to Chris Sorley, Wicked Fresh, Pierce Coon, Sam Kuzma, Sabor Heath. Oh, Just wow. looking at people that participated today in our chat on uh, on YouTube. I got uh, Joey, Samuels, who is apparently fancy. Wicked Fresh. I uh, got a couple people that are commenting on Nick's beard on on three. I don't totally know what he was going for there, uh, but uh, but shout out to uh, to uh, let's see what's his name Doppler over old, on three. old gray beard over here old gray beard. All right, so let's take us home. All right, let me get some good. Oh oh, yeah. gotta give the ad read, man. Be sure to visit manscaped.com. You know the best of the best when it comes to man grooming. Even if you're grooming them balls or grooming your ears, grooming your legs, stay fresh, stay clean. Lawnmower 4.0 is going to keep you right. Uh, you can use it in the shower. You use it, you can use it in the dark. Uh, whatever you're trying to do to get that thing shaved uh, or your legs shaved. I don't know, man. It's just You don't want to be hairy, Larry. Uh, you also don't want uh, to have your balls sticking to your leg in, in this heat in the summer. So ball deodorant is, is huge all the way from now on to about Christmas. I'll just keep mm. that on a, on a, on a just re- reoccurring, you know, little little purchase mm-hmm. if you can. Um, but the body odor is, is the best tool that I like to use. They have many more uh, products. The weed whacker for your ears. Mm-hmm. Um, they got uh, fingernail something. trimmers now. They've got um, they've got foot deodorant. They've got uh, mm. actual deodorant. They've got. Uh, mm. Just stay fresh, man. Conditioner, yeah. yeah. Anything that stuff. you need to stay fresh. Yeah. Basically. All your man grooming needs, they got it. Visit manscaped.com. Use coupon code SG20 at checkout for 20% off. Uh, let me take it out with some Stolly. Different vibes. Uh, also new by Stolly. Perfect. Well, we will see you guys next week. Same corner, same time. Same corner, same time, man. Perfect. We talk money till the spirit come And talk violence like we deaf and dumb Death we overcome every wake up in the morn 
Just a spiritual reality over the drum Hallelujah to the two that's trapped in the slums Trying to feed wisdom to the young Bring love to the heartless, hope that feeling come Take the weight off the shoulders, make the seal in the sun We star reaching, often forgotten, no star treatment No hard grieving, just work till we all even No all season, knuckles bleeding from all the fighting Worth every blow, when you see those we enlighten A vibrant glow, won't let fortune divide us all Crabs in the bucket, got it boiling hot So we turn up the tempest until the hating stop Blind leading the blind, we hit the Satan's plot Found God in us, liberated from all the nonsense Strong-minded, won't never see that the brain flinch I hang with Moors and Israelites that keep me sharp as skin to knife It's all relative Funny how words can make us relatives They say the language pure until you sell this shit Well mine can't be price tag Everything I say I mean and I won't take back Desperate for days, trying to fill the page My thoughts locked in a cage, I started building rage Marijuana and sage at my personal rave Holistic psychedelics brought a mental change Clear as the water, my thoughts became pure Anxiety and stress I had to endure Was barely outside, I kept it indoors My sanity, I had to finish Oh my god Damn, but I'm back ten toes, black rose out the soul. Speaking for every black boy without a voice, who hustled without a choice, who father was always void, who mama was unemployed, but still stay overjoyed. The strong stay moving forward. We keep it on that accord, so wins don't tally off, accumulate no loss. Life is a high cost, but also can end cheap. Pass knowledge along, but also let friends speak. Some men wealthy and some make ends meet But all got in common trying to feed they family Never looking for handouts, nothing you can't hand me I'm still on A, won't ever see plan B And this all new shit, don't let them tell your story Create your own damn news clip The etymology of the word Gives you the origin Etymology means real, true history Origin So I'm giving you skills So that you can learn Get to the essence of the word. You always start from the essence. That's your foundation.